0: The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. It's another episode of the Adventure Jogger and a crew episode, and I know I say this every single crew episode, we have an incredible crew lined up once again for this episode. Jeff Stafford, of course, since we're recording in his house, he's on the crew. Hello, Jeff. Yeah, how are you doing? Everybody doing fine? Good, good. Good, good, good. We also have... The Vol State man himself. He's won multiple times. He's maybe the tannest man in all of Tennessee. He's been known to eat a jar of almond butter a day. Greg Armstrong yeah. is on the Adventure Jogger. Welcome, Greg. Thanks. Good to, go. good to be here. It's great to have you on. Um, we, we usually do White Claws. We're kind of a White Claw show. Um, but I know you're not, you're not a White Claw drinker or a drinker of any kind. So I found some non-alcoholic... Sam's Club, uh, Clear American. Did you get... Which one did you get? Did you get the Moscow Moscow Mule? Okay. Yeah. How's how's that going down for you?
1: It's wonderful.
0: Okay. I have
2: ginger ale also.
0: Are you a ginger ale man? No, this is good. Okay. Perfect. Good, good, good. Also on the crew... She's a race director, one heck of a runner. Becca Jones hey. is on the Adventure Jogger. Welcome, Becca. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Get that mic right in your face there. Pull oh, that thanks. right on you. Get you yeah. close. Thank you both for coming in. Um, I want to talk a little bit about a race that you have, you've teamed up together uh, in just a little bit. But first, let's let people get to know who you are. We'll start with you, Becca. Becca, how did you get into this crazy world <laughs> of ultra running? uh what were you thinking
3: <laughs> obviously i wasn't i was drinking <laughs> uh one of my dear friends he said he wanted to run a 50k for his birthday sure and we were like day drinking margaritas and i thought it was a dumb idea but he was like want to do that and i was like fuck it man that sounds awesome like we'll do that i'll do it with you and we started training together he moved um i got in with the fleet feet Dirtbags. yeah trained for my first 50k with them yep, yep. and then after that i was just kind of I thought I'd never run 100 miles. I was like, whoever does that's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know. You say that
0: right next to the man who runs 314 miles for fun.
3: Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fun, <Right. laughs> quotations. Right. Yeah, um, so that's kind of how I found my way to it. Something just kind of clicked and I just love being in the woods and I found great people and mm-hmm. I don't
0: know. One thing I've noticed, Becca, following your, your results, you've really kind of improved. You've, you've had kind of a a massive jump Mm -hmm. in your results, in your race results. Well, thank you. What, was there something you kind of figured out recently where you're like, okay, here's what I've been doing wrong and now I'm going to click over and this is, Uh, like something click or something?
3: You know, I always did it just to have fun. Yeah. Uh, I was never going out to race or be competitive. I went to races because my friends were racing. I just wanted to high five and shoot fireball and hang out. (laughs) You know, it was never that. And I did track and cross country, so I had a little competitive streak in me but never tapped into it and honestly I didn't think that I was good enough to ever push on those des- distances I didn't have the confidence to do it and then once I was like you know I could do this and then it became fun to go a little faster I don't know and I just kind of went from there hmm.
0: a confidence thing
3: yeah something like that very, very cool <laughs> all right Greg
0: I, the last time I saw you in person, and I say you are the Tannis man in Tennessee because you are the Tannis man in Tennessee, <laughs> we, were, we were both at a cross country meet, and this was at the end of the season. So this is like cross country starts and it's 90 degrees every meet. And then at the Brutal. End, of, end of the year, the meet's like 30 degrees. Right? Yeah. And I see you there, and I, I'm like, who is this tan man in a cut off shirt? It's 30 degrees. Shorts, <laughs> flip flops, and it's 30 degrees. and it was you
1: i think that was in dixon
0: yeah it was Uh, it was in dixon um first of all how are you how are you the tennis man in tennessee and secondly do you ever get cold
1: first question (laughs) um well you know my my grandfather was half cherokee okay that's what i've always heard but when i did the dna test it didn't show up any native american really yeah so i don't know i'm not (laughs) sure which which to believe um but i I guess just just running a lot i mean i'm always outside i I live on a farm so I'm I'm outside quite a bit. There's so
0: many people by the way that when twenty three and me came out, they've been telling people their whole lives, like, Oh, I'm like one eighth Cherokee and then they got the results of like, Oh god. Oh. Right.
1: Oh <laughs> I'm I'm actually Irish.
0: Right? <laughs> right. 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 But do you ever get cold, Greg?
1: oh yeah as I've gotten older I used to I, I, I teach biology and, mm-hmm. and so I, I, when I talk about homeostasis I'll tell my students that I, I used to just always run in the exact same thing almost as just a physical experiment to yeah. see how the body could respond and, and I, I could run in sandals shorts no shirt down to about 25 you know oh, and I then I know where you're going with and this. so I would, and I would run to school in August some days when it's or, you know, after school when it's 95. Yeah. And I tell my students that, you know, I'm able to run when it's 25 and 95 in the exact same outfit because, you know, your body compensates for that. As I've gotten older, I am a little bit more sensitive to the Bad cold. That changes <laughs> It <laughs> does. It does. does yeah. it, yes. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So at some point, you're like, I need to buy a jacket, honey. Right? I haven't had one for 20 years, but it's time to start buying a That's jacket. Right. That's pretty amazing. How did you, how'd you get into running? How did you discover it?
1: Uh, as far as ultra running i i came from the iron man triathlon uh, mm-hmm. when i was in high school I, I did i ran cross country and then i got into doing the international distance triathlons and you know i'd always dreamed about doing an iron man distance uh, but college came about and then life comes at you know i've got kids and those kind of things and so yeah i guess it was my late 20s early 30s you know and i've always run but uh, i decided i was going to train for Ironman distance And so I did that and I don't know, I just heard about a hundred mile race, Arkansas Traveler. That was my first hundred. And I did it two months after my second Ironman and I didn't turn back. I just, I found this, the community was so much different. And it was a lot cheaper <laughs>
2: oh yeah
0: <laughs> triathlons so, are not cheap no like what is it like to do a like a regular iron man mm-hmm. one it's like what six seven hundred dollars right.
1: i it? think at that point it was still it's was, that was 2008 was my last uh, louisville ironman and i think it was 500 well not point. to
2: mention the, the gear itself oh yeah know, by Running gear, cycling gear, right? It's
1: crazy. And I was trying to, I, I was trying to qualify for Kona, and and I'm I'm riding an eight hundred dollar racing bike, yeah. and you know, you just there's just so there's so many things, so many components to it. Or I love the simplicity of ultra running.
0: There is a there is a certain cost advantage in triathlons where a ten thousand dollar bike is going to give someone an advantage over someone in a four hundred dollar bike, even if. They're not equal, right, right. you know, athletics-wise. Someone that's not in Greg Armstrong shape can beat Greg Armstrong on a ten thousand-dollar bike if you're riding a four hundred-dollar right. Walmart mountain bike, right. which is not recommended for anyone. Right? When it comes to, <laughs> I have one of those, though. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> so, when did you decide to start going farther distances? Well, when did a hundred not seem enough? And you're like, sure. okay,
1: I need to go farther. I think for me that that was the hundred was the that's an old you know that yeah. was that was my first, well I did strolling gym but it was more of a build up that first year yeah. to the hundred that was my real focus. Uh, my second ultra was when I started uh, Run for Water, my nonprofit. Yeah, um, I I loved the idea. To me, it was always a very personal thing. I loved just the journey run. So I, my goal is to run from the Alabama state line to the Kentucky state line in under twenty four hours. It's one hundred and twenty yeah. miles. Uh, so that was my second ultra. Uh, and then i love trails i mean i I love hiking and so that was for for years that's all i really did were 100 mile trail runs and i was Mm. I was i was decent i was okay yeah um and then i i I got i ran the teton 100 that was the turning point in my running career lisa betchen smith it was one of her races she doesn't have any more but um and you know at that point i didn't really have a lot of wins under my belt i made yeah. podium in a small 100 mile trail race from here here and there but uh, in that race i was running with connie gardner at the 50 mile mark yeah. and grant the aussie uh was in front of me and um Oswaldo lopez was winning the race at yeah. that time and they were maybe an hour hour and a half ahead of me and i just decided to go for it connie said i think you could you're looking really strong and when connie gardner gives you a compliment you know that boosts your (laughs) um, and i caught up to grant at mile 87 i caught up and that was when oswato had just won badwater or maybe he was second the year before so that was kind of in his prime caught up to him in mile 97 and we just for three miles, you know, I would pull ahead, he would stay back and forth. It came down to a fifty yard dash. He beat me by ten seconds. And at the um award ceremony
3: <laughs>
0: <sprint>.
2: as, as, <laughs> right. as
1: Becca shakes her head as we're all shaking our heads at
0: this sprint to the It was finish. it was
1: it was incredible. I mean Lisa Batchin Smith was in tears. It was just and of course just it was a beautiful moment. But at the award ceremony the next morning Connie Gardner she's like Greg you did a negative That was my first negative split 100 yeah. <laughs> she's like that was incredible she said you need to run the 24 hour uh, national championship yeah I was like Okay, you know, again, when Connie Gardner tells you right, right, that you right. got to do something, you got to do it, and so <laughs> go give it a shot, right? And I was like, "Well, when is it?" She's like, "Well, it's two weeks from today." And I'm like, "There's you no way. way." She's like, "Well, this is this was this is just your your last long run to get right. I was like, "There's, you know, I was still in that mindset. I've got to take two or three months off yeah. after a hundred, But again, Connie Gardner, and so I went to the the national championship. At that point, it was in Oklahoma, and. I was second to John Cash and Howard Nippert, The mm-hmm. 24-hour coach was yeah. there, and I um, had, had a decent run. I think 140 miles in my my first. Oh, it was 140 decent.
3: miles. Yeah. <laughs> it was all right. Anyhow, so I, I spent the
1: next <laughs> next three or four years just chasing that goal, and so it took me off trails and and. um and and I, I guess long story to get to that point I, I've always wanted to do ball state yeah that was such a and I 2014 uh, I think was yeah, it was my first year to do Vol State.
0: We'll talk about Vol State a little more because yeah. we're all sitting here checking our phones. We're looking for when registration's supposed to right. open uh, <laughs> to get into Vol State. Right. But I, I'd like to think, Becca, maybe there's a little Greg Armstrong in each of us that all of us that are, that are smack dab in the middle of the pack just need someone like Connie Gardner to go, you know, why don't you just try to run a little harder? Yeah. And then yeah. the next thing just, you know. It's, it's no big deal. It's a snap, yeah.
3: right? yeah. yeah.
0: Next race, are you gonna try that, Jeff? Like maybe mile fifty. I'm 50? gonna sprint the last mile. The next hundred, I do. I'm I'm gonna do it. I think I sprint the last fifty miles with Jeff is
1: what Greg did. <laughs> well, and similar to what Becca said, it, at that point, I just I saw myself at maybe, you know, a decent runner. I, I never saw myself as a, a real contender at a real race. But again, when Connie Gardner, when she saw something in me that I didn't see in myself, right, and and that was that's kind of what it took for me to to really chase after that um and she wanted to give you that confidence yeah. right that's amazing and, and to finish that how when you went when you ran
0: that race and you're just seconds behind right you, you could have won this thing it was the shift for greg armstrong from mm-hmm. middle of the pack greg armstrong to now you're starting to win stuff mm-hmm. how
1: did it feel at the finish line of that race like have i been holding
0: back all this time or where did that come from right it?
1: yeah it, it was it was kind of a self or a, you know, a defining moment for me to really think about you know myself as a runner, and um, it was incredible. I remember just when I called up to Oswaldo, his I guess one of his claim he drinks beer with added salt, like that's a Midwestern thing, yeah, typically. And so when I and and, I, and of course I, at that point I wasn't sure I knew who he was, and yeah. you know I was kind of a, a fan, and I didn't know if he would be. Intimidated or you know, we like who's this Armstrong right. cat? <laughs> I catch up to him at mile 96 and a half mile 97 and he gives me a big embrace and he also offers me beer with salt and <laughs> you're like, and like, no you're trying to hold me down <laughs> literally i mean and so you have this it was similar to like with chad you have this battle at the end neither one of us want to give an inch yeah but we would i would i would try to pull ahead and he would stay with me and then we would go back to a, a moderate pace right and then he would pat me on the on the shoulder and then i would pat him on the shoulder he would pull ahead <laughs> and i would stay with him and then we'd come back to a moderate pace and we'd have a little embrace you know (laughs) and then we saw the finish line and we looked at each other and we're just like
2: it's go time
1: now imagine a triathlon
0: right oh yeah can you well greg give us what would happen if you were doing a triathlon and you were hugging someone and you were running up next to them and embracing them
1: how would that have gone down not well my last that was that's how i tell people when my last Ironman triathlon, and I'm standing in line, and you know people look at you, and then they they just kind of you know they, they size, size you, up size yeah. you know? And well, what's your percent body fat? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> how much how much do you pay your personal trainer? I'm like, I, I don't, I don't. But my first 100 Arkansas traveler, yeah, I, I, I roll in about five o'clock, you know, go to the pre-race meeting, and then I go get something to eat, and I come back. Everybody's sitting around the campfire. Half the people are just drunk before they're about to run 100 miles. You got truck drivers. You've got yeah, sounds about re- right. retired military, and it's just this, it, just really chill atmosphere. And and during the event, it's the same thing. Yeah. People are just. Encouraging, even though you're competing. It was just, that was my scene.
0: So what you're saying is at Arkansas Traveler, no one asked you what your body fat was.
1: <laughs> Nobody <laughs> cared. No one cared.
0: <laughs> they just looked at him and said, you're not from around here. Look <laughs> <laughs> at you, that tan.
1: Right, you know he right, from right, here. Right, right, right.
0: Uh, when did you start running in sandals? Well, uh, this, was that a Connie Gardner thing? No, she she no, in the I too. The Connie Gardner
1: thing. I had, in our ministry, I'd spent three and a half months the summer before the Teton One Hundred, which was in October, that same summer I spent three months in southern Honduras doing water projects. Right. Yeah, and it was the rainy season, and so I'd go out every day in my, you know, trail shoes, and I mean, just drenched, and you have trench foot, and you have to get socks. And I, I came back from that summer. I was like, okay, and these these trips that I do in this water ministry, you know, I want an all-purpose shoe that I can run in, that I can work in, that'll be dry, and I don't have to dry wear as quick. socks. Yeah. Right? yeah, and so. I just it was that's all I really wanted to do, and so I just started running in sandals to try to find something that I could sure. could just be all purpose for everything, and you know I, I just enjoyed running in them so much it became my go to shoe, and I run to school. My house is about ten miles from school, so I run to school most days. And how are you not like how are you not the smelliest teacher? Well, and there, my my theory is if you shower before you run, <laughs> so your pores it's, are it's clean. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay, but you know. <laughs>
3: The biology adds right. up. <laughs> right. I mean, it's Well, John that. Can, can you imagine the other teachers?
0: can you imagine the other teachers at Greg's school? Like, he's in shape. He runs everywhere. And they're like... The, the, but don't get too yeah. close to... Don't get too <laughs> close <He made, laughs> to... He made smell.
2: So. Yeah. Wow. So well, I, I got a question yeah, for you, Greg. Uh, what is your... In your opinion, do you feel you're
1: better or enjoy road running or trail running Oh, no, trail running but i'm more i'm i'm probably more gifted at road running at road running i just okay. i don't i've never had that quick feet the downhill running sure. i mean i in, in most trail runs when i go back and look i'd catch people on the uphills i mean i could i mean i was strong on the uphills but on the downhills i just can't bomb the downhills that's that's funny you mentioned because a lot
2: of trail runners are, they usually do better in one than the other than right. seldom perfect in both right i i run pretty good downhill yeah uphill he's a
0: faster uphill runner than me Mm -hmm. so we could just combine us we'd be a a solid runner we might be the next greg armstrong that's connie gardner moment (laughs) right Right. there if we just combine our skills becca you've recently got into race directing yes what made you decide to want to do that
3: uh i mean i've always kind of wanted to yeah like i thought like i always would enjoy it And then, um, you know, COVID kind of shut everything down. Yeah. Right. And uh, I'd been training for Cruel Jewel, and there's this one-mile loop out at my parents' house off uh, Old logging Roads, and we cleared that. And we're like, yeah, hey, the parks are packed. Everyone's going there with their kids, their dogs, you know, packing up everything, crowding the trails. So uh, John and I cleared it one day, and we're like, hey, you know, if you guys want to come out and run for our running group or whatever, you're welcome to. Right. Well... Uh, I think the second time they came out there, maybe it was the first for some, we reached the top of this hill, and they were like, hey, you know, you should put on a race out here. And I was like, okay, sure. Like, we'll do it.
0: And it was it was the Mid-State Mile. Yeah, that it was- It was... born at that moment. Did you have any idea what you were getting into when you were like, yeah,
3: yeah why not? Uh, this would be great. A little bit, because I've helped John Harden over the past three yeah, years sure. a lot for Hardwin Adventures. so. I have an idea of what all goes into it, the planning and the questions and the email, the, all the, the
0: stuff. Runners can be prima donnas, and they want to have answers to every question <laughs> under the sun. <laughs> um, yeah. And so when what? you... you yes. Yeah, Why is it Ball State open yet? <laughs> what is going on? Exactly.
3: So I was really lucky there to have had a glimpse into that and go, okay, like... I know what to expect a little bit.
0: And so Mid-State Mile becomes this last-person standing event Mm -hmm. where this one-mile loop on your parents' property... With your, your gentleman. How do you refer to John? Is he your gentleman caller? Is he your your man your of the man evening? Friend? Or, yeah. He's
3: my boyfriend. Boyfriend.
0: Okay. We're going to keep it Tennessee boyfriend. All right. And love helps you clear a trail. Yeah. That's how you knew. Had he been like, eh. But love helps you clear a trail. But you, you decide to do this last man standing. When did that Idea come into your head like this: one mile loop has like how much? Uh, Three
3: hundred and forty feet of gain
0: in one mile.
3: Yep, one point one That's mile. A good chunk. Three hundred and forty mm. feet in two climbs, mm-hmm. uh, and they're both about a uh, eighteen to twenty percent grade. So they're up.
0: That's not easy. It's.
2: No. I was just going to mention earlier around when we train around here, we've got we've got the land between the lakes, but it's just gently rolling out there, and then we got Rotary Park here in town.
0: But our, I mean, our biggest hill in town here is. One hundred and twenty feet, right tops. So, so that's what yeah. we have to work with. But Midstate Mile—that's in the middle of Nashville, right? Or uh,
3: it's right outside of Franklin. Okay. Bellevue. That's uh, where the Parkway country 96. singers
0: went uh, live, right?
3: Uh, yeah, out towards, like, Fernvale, Leapers, Fork. Yeah. My parents have 50 acres out there. Is Kenny been...
0: Chesney, is he in the backyard neighbors?
3: Uh, no, Justin Timberlake has some property up the road, though. Oh, wow. Maybe you can get yeah. him to run it next yeah. year. I
0: think so. <laughs> the Crimey River <laughs> Aid Station. <laughs> Compliment entry, and you can get be a show something. at the same time. <laughs> so did you throw this thing together rather fast, the Mid-State Mile? Because it doesn't sound like uh, like the idea to the actual event was that, that long of a time, was it? It was
3: less than three months. Wow. Yeah, it was less than three months. And I was fortunate enough to... Yeah. Well, John and I were fortunate enough to have friends that came out every Saturday, helped clear and run. That was kind of our deal. Like, you could train on the course if you came out and helped yeah. do trail yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you had to do work for a couple hours, <laughs> right. that, which really involved, like, a rake and a leaf blower. And right. It wasn't a huge thing. But just the point of, like, giving back and, yeah. and helping this thing take off and be possible. But, um, yeah, we did. It was maybe right at three months. But I mean, it's such a simple setup, right? So it wasn't like logistics we had to. Are easy. Yeah, the logistics are easy, and it was really just kind of dialing in like the rules, and we came up with a list of people that we wanted to reach out to invite to yeah. kind of get interested. And...
1: and
0: Greg was one of those yes, people. Yes, Greg
3: was one of those. <laughs> I don't know people. if
0: people have seen the video. Is it on the? Where would you find that? There's a video of Greg who is nearly. He's got trekking. Is it trekking poles, or did you grab sticks out of the woods? It, and you can barely walk, and you look like you are. Are massive amounts of pain. Where is that? Do we have that video
3: on the? Uh, it's on the Mid State Mile Facebook group. I think it's on all of our Facebook pages and yeah. the uh, Mid State Mile Instagram page.
0: You have to go see it, Greg. You did the Mid State Mile. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the last person standing. You were you finished second overall. The video, which everyone has to go see,
1: tell it kind of run through what the hell was going on at that moment, Greg. <laughs> well, they they were they're, they're my homemade trekking poles. I <laughs> they look a, like bamboo, right? I make okay. I make I have I live on a farm on the Cumberland River in Charlesville County, and so I I think at the Black Toe, John one of John Harden's races, yep. yeah. one that uh, Becca helps with as well. Uh, the year before, I broke my Black Diamond hundred. Sixty-five dollar. They're not like, cheap. I'm no, like, that's ridiculous. I've got river cane on my farm, and I thought I was <laughs> cut a <laughs> length and go. <laughs> well, and I really thought that I didn't think they would last this long. I mean, I was I was training for Barkley, and I, I probably was at Frozen head I don't know, maybe a dozen times this winter, yeah. and so for for Barkley, I, I went and I cut. Five or six different sets. So if you do, you break right. one on a loop, or you got, right. you got another one, but this same pair has lasted since like a year and a half.
0: You've had you put a year and a half, hundreds of miles, hundred maybe mm-hmm. a thousand miles on a pair of some cane. That stuff what, what, is what type tough. of is it? River cane? Is river cane? Yeah. River cane trekking poles. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're going to sell these things now? I think we've got a new yeah. uh, idea for Run wood. for Water. You get a wood burner and burn a, right. Put a name right in the side. Yeah. Of Greg Armstrong, pole, Armstrong Poles or something. Yeah. That's, that's really... Now, one thing about you, the two, is you've been known to make your own shoes and things out of deer you find on the side of the road. Yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> He's a very gifted craftsman.
0: You are the, no, you're the most interesting man in trail running. When did you decide to start making shoes out of out of dead deer? Well, it's,
1: I use used tires, too, so it's not just... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on, Ryan. He's a little more creative
2: than
0: that. <laughs> so, Greg, most people, when they see a deer on the side of the road, they're like, eh, someone's going to go like, get it. Ew. You at some point said, I can make shoes out of that with some right. old tires that I have. In the garage. Yeah. Is that how it went down?
1: Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't... I'm not a big hunter. I, you know, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with it if I'm you know, hungry or something. But I love to make use of something that was going to go to waste anyhow. And so I was doing this before I was teaching. But I would just... Because a, a, a roadkill deer generally does... If it's hit right, it doesn't have any holes in it from a Correct. bullet. Yeah. So it's going to be make a much better skin. skin. And so... There's a period my wife calls it my primitive years where, you know, I owned my own business at one point, so I could dress however I wanted to. Right, right. right, Yeah. So all I wore every day was a deerskin shirt. And then when I was going to go into interview to go into teaching, my wife she keeps me grounded, quite a bit. (laughs) You're gonna. She said, "Greg, you're gonna." She's like, "There's no way you're getting this job if you walk in there with a deerskin shirt you made from a dead deer on the side of the road and your homemade shoes." She's like, "I was like, well, that's probably a good good point." So I bought. A regular shirt. A, a real shirt. shirt. I just want to picture
0: the person at we're going to say a Boston store or J.C. JCPenney's when Greg Armstrong walks in with a deer shirt and some homemade shoes and go like, I need to find me a shirt.
3: Do you have some khakis? Can you <laughs> me in the right direction? I'd like a pair of loafers, too, while I'm here.
0: <laughs> so, Greg, you know, it's amazing. Most people don't do that. You probably show up to a race and you look at people with all that gear and go like, probably not all that stuff. As necessary. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a minimalist, I think. I would say so. You see most pictures of, of Greg running Vol State, and he's got a pair of shorts
1: on, his Chandles. sandals, and a water bottle. Yeah, That's that's pretty well, much it. Well, my goal for, for Vol State one year, and so I'm, re- I'm still disappointed in myself, my goal is to make all of my own, and for Barkley, was to make all them and I tried I just the shoes I just as I've gotten older I need a little bit more support than yeah. the, than the used tires but I was gonna I was <laughs> I know it sounds a little weird <laughs> but oh, I, no, nothing, nothing at all in this podcast has been weird at all <laughs> but <laughs> I was I, my goal for all state was to run because you know it's really hot I just make a loincloth cloth out of deer skin uh, <laughs> and then because you know you need lots of air flowing yeah for because there's some chafing chafing in that race is is rough yeah,
3: I'm right? sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. Quick, quick story the only time i had the police called on me in ball state i was running through lexington at 2 a.m this is 2016? Yeah, 2016 2016 yeah, yeah. and i'd basically taken boxer shorts and just sewn up the fly because it need something light you know yeah. and it rained that first day yeah and so i mean this was the first day this was mile 90 I was about it, mile yeah. ninety. And but there's some major chafing going on. So I basically take my boxer shorts and make a thong as much. <laughs> and I know I know I'm really dark, but if if you could see my butt cheeks, I'll promise it's as pasty white as toilet paper. So I'm runnin- that's quite the visual. I'm sorry. I'm running I'm running through Lexington at two AM in the morning and this this lady police officer pulls over to the side and she said and so excuse I me sir <laughs> and she says sir we're getting reports of of a man running down the road in his underwear i was like where <laughs> and i, and I <laughs> who would do someone else out here yeah. <laughs> and so i it? got the vibe that that's frowned upon in lexington <laughs> tennessee but we don't have a law against it and i said ma'am i said i've got some really major chafing going on in yeah. the netherlands yeah. and so <laughs> could Give me about 10 minutes. I'll be <laughs> out of the city limits and you won't have to see me again.
3: God. Are you sure you weren't just blinding cars with your white buck? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at that moon. <laughs> my
1: god. Well, late, later on I did the same thing and my wife was curing me with a friend. And you know, you you, you don't care. I would yeah. run. A, I, I, it, it just right. doesn't Yeah, you don't care. You, you reach if, a point where you just right. you really don't care. Yep. And I and this was during the day and um and she said and I said, "Okay, no pictures." And well, that didn't go. So every year, I get a Christmas card from a friend that was crewing with me. May your Christmas be be merry and bright. It's a picture of my
2: really white cheeks. It's funny you mention that because Ryan and I and another guy went on a was a twenty twenty one mile run a few weeks back. It was hot. Dew point was way high in the seventies. We were suffering miserably. But I'm like practically running down the middle of the road and the other two guys are like you, you better move you're gonna get hit you better move you're gonna get i'm like i i you learn to just they'll move
0: right you don't get mm-hmm. can you imagine these poor people in the middle of rural tennessee and here they see this man who, who believed he was an eighth cherokee at some point but 23 in me is proof that that's not that is not he's really true. irish right yeah. running down the street in boxer shorts I have a feeling, Greg, if you had a different accent other than the very Tennessee accent you have, you may have been killed at some point. (laughs) Probably. Becca, do you have any chafing stories that can top that one?
3: Uh, not that. I did have one. I was chafing pretty bad one year at uh, Cruel Jewel, and I got on up the hill out of an aid station. And I'm a big fan of A&D, so squirted a big old glob of it in my hand. I thought it was Liz Canty coming up the trail because she was headed out of the yeah. aid station to pace someone when I was leaving. I was wrong. I... uh screamed out to the person that was, like, beside me and, like, warning people coming. I was like, oh, don't worry, I'm just lubing up my labia. Around the corner comes a 13-year-old kid and their dad just hiking. I have my hand in my pants, and I had just screamed out labia and lube in the same sentence three seconds earlier. I'm sure they got, like, an anatomy lesson after that. Dad, what's
0: a labia?
2: And I
3: was like, I'm really sorry I thought you were someone else. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't...
0: Ryan has a chafing story. <laughs> Where's where, what's what, which it's one? Superior. Oh knows My the, was it chafed, or was my my feet were wrecked? Well, okay, maybe that was a feet wreck one. one one time
2: we were crewing him and he came running into the
0: aid station, quarter mile out. You could hear him screaming, <laughs> lube! "Lube, I need that's lube!" How, that's how you know. And then that, like like what are they going to do now with with the rona? And they're changing the way that they do things. Because before, you'd pull into an aid station, and there's this communal tub of Vaseline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's the curlies in there. And, and every, there's all these finger, <laughs> these little finger dips. Right? Yeah. You can see the finger it's dips. It's a dippity-doo. Right. Oh. And so you're 70 miles in, and you're like, okay, there's a fire brewing down there. And so you just normally... If you just saw a tub of Vaseline on a table, you would you would walk right by it. You wouldn't even touch it. But at at the race like that, you're like, okay, I don't care who else has been in here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and grab a big old dollop of this stuff, and I'm going to rub down the nethers with this. But what are we going to do with the Rona?
3: Ask a volunteer.
0: <laughs> is there going to be a, a wait a minute? The, <laughs> so we're going to have a volunteer now. It's got to be the mandatory luber. Yeah. <laughs> What's your job, luber? I'm the, I'm the luber. I'm the and luber. They'll, and they'll have like, official like, lube person. Like rubber gloves on. Yeah. See this? Look. I got the Pennzoil shirt right here. <laughs> That'd be the worst job ever.
3: Some people might enjoy it.
0: That's true. That's, you're, you're right.
3: You could get a prostate exam, too, while you're there. <laughs> Knock it out.
0: Which, by the way, how, are, how fun are those, Jeff? What? The prostate exam. Are those fun? You, oh, you're asking me.
1: Like, yeah, because yeah, you're would, that age. Like,
2: oh, yeah, yeah.
0: You're that age. Yeah, yeah they're not fun. They're, they're not. They're not. So, so I want to go and, and talk before we get kind of into some, some craziness, more craziness than we've gone before. But you guys are, are actually teaming up, and there's another race on your course mm-hmm. that you found that your boyfriend helped you clean off, which means he's, he's, he's a keeper. And what's, what's the race you guys are, are teaming up for?
3: Um, so this one's going to be called the Tennessee Mile, and it'll be on the same course. We mm-hmm. call it the Murder Mile yeah. course. Um, but opposed to doing the last man standing, it's going to be a timed event with a six-hour, 12-hour, 24 and a six-hour night loop. And um, Greg has been kind enough to you know, want to be involved and help with that in the 84 days. I'm sorry. Yeah, I no. Brain
0: whip. It happens. Yeah, my brain whip. By the way, I'll say Becca's not having a white cloth. She has joined <laughs> the uh, the Mint Mojito Sam's <laughs> Club non alcoholics. So, but it's so people can sign up at different distances, mm-hmm. and it'll be on sale at Ultra Sign Up August eighth, right?
3: August eighth, and uh, it'll be open to anyone, and they won't have to deal with the twenty minute restriction. You can do as many loops as you want, or as few as you want, and we're going to do a special challenge for anyone that can get the eighty four miles in twenty four hours.
1: Okay. So,
0: how far did you get in 24 hours on the loop, Greg? 95 maybe? Well, oh, in that was I guess it would have been It's just short of 100 because because
2: of the something. distance and the the timing one Yeah, he yeah.
3: was at like 29 and a half hours and that was at 96 96 miles. Yeah.
0: And that's when your your leg gave out mm-hmm. and you're using your cane trekking poles right now Black Diamond. If they ever thought of doing a sponsorship on this podcast they're out. because yeah. <laughs> like Armstrong's talking about his river cane and how does for hundreds of miles. <laughs> and we'll get that loincloth in just a second. But so you're you're you do run with water, mm-hmm. which is a an incredible charity. Tell people about about Run for Water and and you're going to
1: kind of be involved with the Tennessee Mile as well and kind of tie those all those things together. Sure. So, Run for Water, our, our I guess our mission is to raise awareness and provide solutions for the water crisis. Um it started off uh um, i wanted to look at it both from an environmental and a humanitarian i mean yeah. there's definitely an overlap sure you know yeah. when you contaminate water from an environmental standpoint it's those on the fringes of our society those are in poverty that are going to suffer the most um it's it's really been led more to do more with the humanitarian i, I my vision is to start to do more with just environmental because um, i teach environmental science yeah. i do a lot with that but um currently we've worked in a lot of different countries currently we're really active in uganda repairing wells uh, for communities and haiti uh nicaragua costa rica uh those are some of our global efforts but we also have a, a very we're very active in appalachia people yeah. it's surprising to, for people to that there's children in our own state still drinking from contaminated wells and creeks and have E. coli poisoning um and it's challenging i just i'm just working on like I, And it's, it's really hard for me right now. I'm struggling with, I've got a $10,000 grant from the Rotary Club uh, that I'm working, and $10,000 in Appalachia is I'm going to provide maybe clean water for 15, 20 people. Yeah. You know, just because there's so many regulations. Right. You've got so many yeah. different things you got to do. $10,000 in Uganda will provide clean water for over 25000 it's, I mean, and so wow, it's, and, and, and 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 it's staggering the difference. I would say, very few of the fifteen people I'm providing clean water for are drinking from contaminated wells. It's more of a convenience; they're having to go to somewhere and in their van or in their truck put, you know, jugs of water, yeah. or they have a tank in the back. Well, of But they have truck. access. They still have right. right. And now there's still some kids that are, that, but that's sure. there's not that many. The the children in Uganda, the last well, um, Maggie gooderl did a. Um, a um an auction to raise money to to drill a well and i wanted the kids at the school where we drilled the well to show me where they were getting water they took us this nine-year-old kid took us to this swamp where there's livestock all around and and he that's not good and he says thank you now i will not have typhoid fever so it's like oh wow so it's just it's it's again i mean i still believe in helping people in our own state yeah Yeah. it's just it's it's a challenge when you think about um you know how far that money will go in some of our developing countries you know the other day i was talking some friends of mine and we were
0: talking about how ultra running is probably the most selfish sport i could think about because it's all about i need me time i'm going out and running then we do a race and we're You're being crude, and we have these people like, hey, I need you to wait on me hand and foot for 24, possibly 36 hours to change my socks, to lube up my nethers, to take care of me. You found a way to kind of turn the most selfish sport in the world into something a little more giving. Mm -hmm. It's just incredible. Where where can people donate? Can you do, sure. do you have like a Run for Water website where yeah, people yeah. can just um, make
1: a donation? Yeah, Run for is the website. And I guess to tie that into to Becca's race, yeah. um, my first trip to uh, Kenya and Uganda. I was blessed enough to take my 15 year old daughter. So, yeah, you know, and I was surveying for water projects, um, but it was just a great time. I wanted my daughter to experience that. It, we weren't really doing projects. I was trying to learn. Kind of my model yeah. is to learn and then serve. Sometimes we go in with this yeah. kind of savior mentality. We think we have all the answers, but it's it's good to partner with people and to really figure out what the real needs are. And of course, I'm looking at it from the perspective of water. She's looking at the from the perspective of 15 year old teenage girl. Yeah, and so. Um, we found out really quick that the burden of collecting water falls on women and children, um, particularly teenage girls, young, preteen girls. And so my daughter, while I'm interviewing, you know, people in the community, she's talking to these young girls and asking them, what are your biggest struggles and problems? And like, well, I, I don't, I can't go to school uh, when I'm on my period because I don't have yep. proper feminine hygiene. Yeah. And so my daughter comes back and she talks to her friends. And so she starts an organization called 84 days 84 days is the number of days that a girls will, will miss from school or work if she doesn't have proper feminine hygiene and so um and that became kind of a, a i guess a spin off of run for water while we're repairing the wells yeah. we're doing an 84 days ministry where we provide a kit for girls in school we we fe- we were doing it within communities or churches but it's much better done in a school because yeah we can contact that school and find okay how many girls are between 12 and 18 and then we'll bring kits for all the girls and so they get a menstrual cup they get reusable pads and then it's a workshop on teaching them how to you know sanitation the science why they're having you know why they have menstruation and just understanding right yeah and so uh, we also added two years ago self-defense we started talking to these girls and in uganda Uh, it's still over 50 percent of the men in uganda believe rape is acceptable in certain situations and so you have trafficking situations and so and to see these strong young women that have never been taught they don't have they they don't do they don't have sports for for girls there generally so they've never used their bodies in a physical manner other than maybe working or carrying. but we teach them self-defense move on punching bags and it's that's almost become just as empowering as the feminine hygiene products. So, wow, that's such a beautiful. Um, thing. And so that's that's kind of the partner with with um, with this race, the, the Tennessee Mile. Um, and I will say, eighty four miles on that course sounds easy but it's going to be no. 77
3: loops so that's, there. so that's
1: where it ties into right. the 84 the number 84 yeah.
3: because of the
0: 84 days Yeah. and so are, is there going to be is a chance to donate when you <laughs> sign up and, and proceeds and that sort of thing or? Uh,
3: we're going to do a collection at the race mm-hmm. for everyone that shows up we're going to have yeah. an area where you can donate products because he's told me like it's it's better to have the products in hand so you right. can gotcha. yeah. get those out there like that because uh, it's a beautiful thing that your daughter yeah. came up with I mean just an amazing 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 difference that makes. Well, and
1: and same thing. Period. Poverty is not just a problem in Uganda. I mean, there's girls in Metro Nashville. There's girls in Wilson County that they depend on the school system to provide them with their. And and you know, and then a lot of girls they they don't know if they're going to get that, so they stay home. Uh, And and the way it was articulated to me in Uganda, I never thought of it like this before. I'm repairing a well. And it's very common when you're repairing a well, the community, I mean, they'll sit and wait for eight hours because they know water's coming. Yeah. And and this um, man came up and he said, this is so wonderful what you're doing. It's going to change the entire scope of our community. And and I'm like, yeah, I know water is life. It's just so essential. He's like, I'm not talking about the water. I'm talking about what you're doing and, and what you're providing for these girls. He said, I'm a school teacher. And he said that when a girl misses a week of school, he said, "It's it's a problem that she gets behind." He said, "But the biggest problem is that girl misses a week this month, then she misses a week the next month, month and she begins mm-hmm. to think that she is intellectually inferior to the young men. The young men think that they're intellectually superior Pure. to the girls." He said, and "It's simply because she just misses a week of school every month." Wow. He said, "And this will this will change. Every this will give them the confidence." He said, "Because after." Four or five months that a girl starts her period and she misses, she gets discouraged. And her father, generally, in many cases, is encouraging her to stay home because women a lot right. of times don't yeah. get an education. and it's, That's the culture. Right. Yeah. It's the culture. And so... Um, Anyhow, I don't want wow. to no, talk no, too much about that. Greg, but that's just, Greg so is, great it, stuff, run great stuff. And is, is this runforwater.com?
0: Runforwater.net. Dot net. And 84days.net. 84days.net, mm-hmm. runforwater.net. I'm going to put both of those mm-hmm. in the, in the okay. description of the podcast. But as a dad, because I've got three kids, Jeff's got three kids, Becca, I know you have a daughter. Mm-hmm. When your daughter came to you and is like, Dad, I like the water thing you're doing, but I want to do this. How as a parent... Did you, like, when she walked away, did you go, Yes! Yeah. Yes! I'm a great dad! <laughs> I am the greatest! Yeah. I am the greatest! Because was was you had to be, like like, beamingly proud that your daughter would... Yeah. would think of something oh, like de- this definitely
1: I, I have two daughters and yeah. one's that the one that I'm speaking of she's a <laughs> sophomore in college or she's about to be yeah. and the other's a sophomore in high school and they're both like my oldest daughter she's majoring in you know social justice and she's very active and she's you know she's very active in in yeah, those areas. Cool. So um, yes, I am very proud of both my, both my girls.
0: Do you do you and your wife do you uh, fight over who gets more credit for the girls <laughs> or? <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: sometimes.
2: <laughs> well, you know, as the man, you you determine the sex. I'm just yeah, that's true. That's Is
1: true. that biology? Well, let's ask the teacher here. Is that true? Yeah, that, yeah. You have male and female sperm. So Are whichever, you whichever one? Me? I, don't don't
0: He's you, the <laughs> I don't know. Dare teacher? I don't know. Jeff, I don't know what you're watching in, on TV here. If you want, you, you don't. don't. <laughs> this been, I'll tell you what. We've covered some bases. First of all, we talked about loincloths, which I never thought would come up. Um, we've, yeah. we've, we've got some uh, good races I hope people sign up for for a great cause. And we're talking about, about reproduction, which makes me incredibly uncomfortable. This is going to be the sweatiest podcast You'll be right. ever You'll be right. uh, to, to get through this. But that's absolutely just incredible. Uh, the 80, 84days.net, mm-hmm. runforwater.net. Uh, make a donation that way when, we're, when we're, at, we're finishing up a race where it's all about us. Hey, come over here and change my socks. X. And that sort of thing. I need can... lube. <laughs> 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 do you ever think about that, though, Becca, how the, the, the sport of ultra running can be kind of a very.
3: Oh, it's the most selfish thing you'll ever do. It, you it really, it really is. is. I mean, it's it's freeing. It's beautiful. It's a great thing, but it is. Right. It's, it's about you. Now, you can make it. There's so many opportunities to make it about the community and mm-hmm. to reach people and mental health and great humanitarian work. There's so many different ways to connect sure. and make it something bigger than this selfish act of, hey, I need some Cheetos, please. Coke, <laughs> Coke, <laughs> Coke, please. There's so many opportunities. Not that Sam's Club <laughs> crap. <Get that> real. <laughs> have, you ever, have
0: you ever flipped out because they didn't have something in an aid station?
3: Yeah, I'm pretty. Dude, like... I feel like a dick because I have. <laughs> what did you flip out about? <laughs>
0: Potatoes? No, it was pickles. Always. Oh, they pickles. were out of pickles <laughs> at an aid station, and I remember saying, "Like you're out of pickles. I'm the third guy through. It's an, oh, an ultra out of pickles. What the? <laughs> How many pickles did the other two guys eat that you're out of? You're out of pickles now. I still feel. I still feel bad about that. <laughs> but you're, you're right. It is. And it, it, but 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 to tie it back to this is just so darn cool. It is. And gives you an opportunity to do so, that little gear change here i'm sure
2: both of you were signed up for races this year that were probably canceled at some point yeah how many races have been canceled that you've been signed up for this year
3: i know two for me and then really? i didn't sign up for anything else because i just because
2: figured... summer yeah
3: <laughs> well you know i figured covid would shut it all back down what about you
1: for me there was just that little race in frozen head that...
0: Gotcha. Oh, the Barclay.
1: That one. That
2: yes.
0: little thing. When did yeah. you do
1: your first Barclay, Greg? Well, I got in, um, I was on the wait list in 2018, and early March, um, it just didn't look, you know, you get you get into early March, it doesn't yeah. look like, yeah, everybody's. And so I kind of didn't think much about it. I wasn't, I, went, I was in Africa for 10 days, came back. I get a call the night before. I think it was like ten thirty. Of course, eleven. <laughs> a guy from Spain broke his ankle right. or sprained it really bad. Can you bad. make it? Yeah. And so, <laughs> and I'm again. That, that's not making excuses. It and I was I I prepared. I mean, yeah, I had, you I, have to. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, I wasn't, but I I had prepared. I thought I had prepared, but
0: was that humbling for you, oh. Barkley? Yes, definitely. Because you you'd gone through a while. After, after Connie Gardner had said, like, mm-hmm. you know, Greg, you may want to stop jogging and start running, running. <laughs> which is a nicer way of, of putting that. You, you've had some success. And then you would go to, to Vol State, which I want to talk about in a second, and you would set a course record there. And you would, you would win multiple times. And then you do something. I mean, that's and then you go do Barkley. Barkley, where it's five to 600 feet per right. mile. Right. Right. What was you – knowing the night before that you're in – how is how would that experience
1: go for you at when you did Barkley in 2018 yeah it was well and and I, I you know i think ultra runners are we're idealistic yeah you know we have to be right we, we have to think that we're capable of doing things that sure most people don't think they're capable of and uh, which is is good but sometimes we can be a little un, unrealistic with that and um it wasn't the best timing for me again i was i'd kind of gotten out of shape i came back from africa a little sick i wonder again, what greg armstrong not, out of shape looks well, like by the way I, <laughs> again not to, not to make excuses but after that
0: yeah after that first
1: <laughs> after that loop i was uh, even now honestly i'd kind of convinced myself that at this point at this age maybe a fun run could um, happen yeah for you. I, you know i think if everything went well i think i could do a fun run but I will say, after Midstate Mile, that was a boost of confidence because that—that's the other thing. Going back, I left trail running, you know, after with Connie Gardner when yeah. she told me that I got into the twenty-four hour. I chased the twenty-four hour team, made the team in two thousand fifteen, again in two thousand nineteen. Really hadn't been on trails, and so I haven't. I hadn't had that, and so I, I never have really been tested on trails. Well, how do you do sandals on uh, like a place like Frozen well, Head? Well, I, 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 I wear shoes. Okay, shoes, yeah. you have to. Did you that. make them yourself or Well, I tried. I went out on Frozen Head one day in, in some of the deer skin shoes that I'd made, but <laughs> you like, yeah, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> yeah. How far not did you so get much. before you thought this was a stupid idea? Well, I think I did 20 something miles that day, but it, yeah.
0: everybody let this sink in for a moment. Greg Armstrong did 20 something miles in homemade tire and deer skin <laughs> shoes out at Frozen Head wow it's a great place to train though it is a great place to train in proper shoes
1: what 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 proper shoes do you wear when you do barkley um well do they have marty and liz used stores it's like a used shoe store they don't have those up here we have one of those in lebanon and i'll just go and buy whatever like 30 dollars, whatever with some grip but but the one in lebanon they have ultras um Greg, so. you're not going to get a shoe deal if you keep you talk like that. They're not <laughs> <laughs> so the last couple of times i've found I've been fortunate to find. Altars. they don't they're not in my exact size but i can make that work
3: (laughs) he's a beast and you have to say like it was the hugest compliment when you said uh you know we were talking about my parents house he's actually made me a pair of cane poles it's like you got a pair of armstrong poles yeah they have my name in mid-state mile wow Wow. it's very sweet we said you know You were talking about Barkley, and you were like, you know, after this race that, you know, mid-state, it's just such a confidence booster, Mm. and that it was just one of, like, the best experiences he had ever had. I can't even tell you, like, I was, like, ready to tear up, like, our, like, little one-mile Loop and yeah. just and watching you out there was watching you and Chad go back and forth was just or you know at that end was so incredible and just so much amazingness out there like y'all inspired so many people mm-hmm. and it was so adorable watching like Noah just like look up to you at the end and then you and Chad talking it was just what a compliment I just I can't I can't put that feeling into words of what so I felt
2: going back to that video where you what I'm thinking of that you yeah, said yeah where you stumbled across the finish line. Was your leg or legs would would you attribute that to muscle failure or electrolyte issue?
1: Oh, it was muscle failure. It was muscle. Okay. I, you know, and it, I was. It looks a lot worse than what it was. I showed it to my my wife. Has like zero sympathy. Not, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Talk to and the hand. She sh- she saw the video. She's like, I've seen you like that many times. Like it's no big deal.
3: He was. He was so strong. It yeah, was I, just.
1: I felt fine. And and honestly, it. Because maybe six or eight hours my left quad started getting tight you know and, and so i started doing it looked like i was doing I think john said that like like i was doing dips but i was you know trying to squat and stretch out and so that's what i'd spend a few minutes you know in the aid station stretching trying out to that get quad. Loosened up and-, and i knew that was probably going to be my you know achilles yeah. that was probably what was gonna and finally it just it just locked up to where you know i couldn't you know, and it, it was actually pretty decent on the up uphills. I just still go strong, but on the downhills, I would just have to almost peg leg it coming down. I had that happen yeah. at Barkley last year. The
2: yeah. BFC mm-hmm. just muscle failure right. one leg in particular. Right. It's just like it you you
1: just can't use it. But I felt was I was really I mean, you know, electrolytes, nutrition. I was I was fine on that, and I felt good. I, it, mentally I was dialed in.
3: Yeah, he um, was in a zone, mm-hmm. and I mean, you could tell like after talking to you and just watching it was just those couple loops that yep. it decided it it didn't want to play nice anymore yeah that's
1: right
0: what is, okay so you're, you're the you're the you're the simplistic man you're the you're the you know you, you, you pair everything down you know you're wearing shoes that you get at a used shoe store for $30 and they're not your size but you can make that work because you can just wear big socks or whatever what is, what is the nutrition like for, for Greg Armstrong
1: what what are you putting down to fuel the beast well I don't know. I, sometimes I, some, some of my life ex, um, experiments seem weird to other people. Greg, you talked
0: about wanting to make a loin loincloth okay. out of deer well, skin, so we can't get any weirder yeah, than that. Yeah,
3: we're past that.
1: <laughs> I, I'm doing a, um, a life experiment right now. Well, I've done it for the last two years, really, but to, to live off of food-wise like some someone that's on the SNAP program, eat healthy. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. So it's I think it comes to like four dollars yeah. and thirty five cents a day. Yeah. Um, which that makes it a little challenging for races because race food is. So I've had to get creative, but it's been it's been great because if you take like I don't even buy the Cairo corn syrup, like the cheap Kroger brand corn syrup, add a little salt in it, it's the same as a goo. I can buy an entire bottle yep. of cheap corn syrup, put a little salt in it. For the same amount as you pay for one goo, so you're you're eating Karo syrup Kroger brand Kroger brand Karo syrup with salt in it. Well, and then I have my own little concoction of another. It's like like twenty five percent Karo syrup, probably about another thirty percent peanut butter, and then I just dump a bunch some olive oil in it to get the fats and the you know. Some, How
0: does that taste?
3: <laughs> you i vanilla to it right? I mean but but it's, but it's you get not, and It's ginger. the caloric intake so
1: and you're I, not doing it for taste. Right. It's just no, I know that I I, this gives me the caloric intake. It's fuel. Intake. And I had I mean I had some fruit too. I had some she had watermelon at the aid station. Yeah. And so you I had
3: some mean, McDonald's french fries.
1: Somebody brought me some McDonald's Wait, french fries. How can you eat McDonald's? I would not picture you having McDonald's french fries. During a race, I mean, I... Oh, are right. yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> right.
3: But it was so funny. Everyone just like, they were looking at the bottle of corn syrup and Jesse Itzler is just, he's like, what is this guy? Do-? He's drinking corn syrup? What's it <laughs> corn syrup? <laughs> what, what are do you doing with that? Whole, he was like, oh my, he was so mind blown by the existence of Greg Armstrong and just how, like the more he... Read throughout the races he was watching. He was just like a kid. It was just like, oh my god! Do
0: do you do you know that you fascinate people, Craig? I guess. (laughs) 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 But what do your neighbors think? Here's this here's this man. Running and, I and nothing. Yeah. I live on a <laughs> middle of a hundred sixty-five acres. Oh, okay. So you don't have any. You don't yeah. have to worry about that. Worry about that at all. Yeah. You can go do whatever whatever you want. But that's actually. I I wonder if. Do you think maybe Greg? We all could could use some time away from the comforts of the okay. overpriced goos and the like is the sport way over commercialized at this point and we could all maybe
1: just simplify
0: a little bit
2: well, i need my s caps i gotta have my right. s caps
1: yeah i mean I, that's that's just me i mean it doesn't bother me yeah I, I that's what i love about ultra running because other Ironman, it doesn't you can't do that you have to have the gadgets and the, the you know the pair of teva sandals that i wore i wanted to see how many miles i could get on one pair 2,700 miles, and I summited Kilimanjaro in the same pair of sandals. That was like, I bought them for like $55. It's like two cents a mile, you know? So just, and it, and, and it served me well. I mean, and I was able to, I, I, I qualified in that same pair of sandals. I qualified for the U.S. 24-hour team at Desert Solstice, and so I guess my point is it's it, it's fine if people want to spend that extra money. Right, um, right, right. On, you you know, got to find what works for you, right? Yeah. And I, to Whether me, I love that aspect of the, yeah. the utilitarian, the minimalist, and yeah. making your own gear. There's just a that's an added benefit. I don't think doesn't give me an advantage, but I like to show that myself, not anybody yeah. else. But I like to show myself that.
0: I don't know, Greg. I think it gives you an advantage. You show up for a race with a bottle of Karo syrup from Kroger or Sam's Club syrup or whatever. People are going to be like, oh, shit. What's she going to do with that? <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like some guys over there, you know, fussing over goo's like, Becca, how come you don't have Montana Huckleberry <laughs> hammer uh, gels? And there's Greg taking swigs of Karo syrup.
3: Yeah, he's got corn syrup. Figure it out.
0: <laughs> ball state is one of those races that's always intrigued me i know jeff's done it i've always kind of said like i would i would do it if it was in fall because i hate the summer but i'm like it just seems like such an interesting race that now i'm desperately trying to figure out when he's going to open up registration because i want to try and get in that's a race it's a 314 mile race across tennessee in july that's something you've really excelled at uh, having won it multiple times, you've got the course record. What is it about that race that plays so well to your strengths?
1: Um, yeah, that's a good that's a good question. I I do well in the heat. Yeah. I, well, and it's not natural. I train for the heat, but I've always enjoy running. I spent, to get up to my the year I broke Joe Fedgie's course record in 2016, I did Badwater. Not, I did the 146 where you you know, and I, my wife, my family, and I had a two week vacation out west for the same amount of money. And I ran Badwater that you'd have paid to get into the regular, right? You know, which is, I'm not getting into that argument. That's fine if people want to pay that for, for, but to me, I went to the top of uh, Mount Whitney, but I, so I trained for Badwater to be heat acclimated. And then 10 days after Badwater, I did Vol State. And so, and that regiment at that time, to get ready for vol state to get heat acclimated i'll spend at least four times a week a minimum of an hour sometimes up to two hours jogging in place in a sauna to get heat acclimated really and and mentally, jogging
0: in place in a
1: sauna for one to two hours yeah and that's tough i mean oh yeah. yeah it's i mean it's just it's a it's a mental cave too just to you're just in there and it's it's really challenging and you can, and I'm able to kind of gauge those warning signals of when you're getting heat exhaust, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dizzy, tunnel vision, right, exactly. all those. Yeah. Right. Um, so I do well in the heat if I'm, you know, if I can get acclimated to it. I love the, just the journey runs and just the self-discovery. So that, I, I mean, I crave those moments and, and I'm pretty pretty easy going i mean i can sleep in the ditch that doesn't bother me i'm not afraid of dogs and you yeah. know things like that that are with the, for a lot of people those are real you know the what's real reasons they don't do vol state right where's the strangest place you've slept during vol state um well i i was asleep. they're all strange yeah they're all strange. <laughs> i was asleep on the um at the square in shebeville and a kid, like I say, a kid, like a 16-year-old kid came up, tried to give me $20. He thought I was homeless. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it's not uncommon. Yeah, it's cool. not. I mean, that's actually the fourth time I've been mistaken as yep. homeless in my life. And it, it kind of makes you a little
3: self-conscious.
1: <laughs> because you're so <laughs> <conscious>. <laughs> One time I was I came off the Appalachian Trail and I was waiting for my wife to pick me up and I was just sleeping at a um, gas station with a backpack and I wake up and there's a box of fruit and a water next to my head and I'm like what's this and then a lady comes up past me on the back she's like I know it's rough out there (laughs) the worst time though this is this one really made me self conscious I was mistaken as a homeless person in malibu by another homeless person oh, wow i mean that's... wow that's <laughs> that's, that's legit right i there. mean but when i travel <laughs> when i travel i am i only wear my only I shower and the clothes that i like if i go to africa yeah. for 10 days right When I bathe my body i bathe my clothes oh, yeah. right right and so i, so what I you was do Ball on, State. i was on the beach <laughs> scrubbing my shirt in the with in yeah. Malibu. In Malibu. So you're in Malibu scrubbing your shirt. Yeah. And a
0: homeless dude comes up to you and is like, hey, uh... You've been to the YMCA here. It's pretty good. They, some they good, got hot they got, showers. What is your standard response when someone's like, "Don't worry, sweetie, times will get better."
1: Yeah. Well, I I try, I felt really bad about the lady that gave me the fruit, and then but I didn't want to. It was just so awkward <laughs> that I was like, oh, I'm really, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. fine." She's like, "No, you take this. You look." And i have been on the Appalachian Trail for like two weeks. I look just. I was, you don't you, want to upset her, right? Right.
3: That made her day to right. help a homeless I person.
1: <laughs> I did. I did not take the money from the kid in Chevable, though. I will just to clarify that.
0: It's funny every time I talk to somebody who's done Vol State, they have a story oh, about yeah. either being harassed by the cops or other, um, right. or, or or other, or uh, someone thinks they're homeless or uh, did you, I don't know we we talked to the the abs, hmm. and they they shared a story about where the cops held them for like an hour and a half cuz yeah. they thought maybe they stole a car or <laughs> you know or I mean did you hear the John oh, uh, Cashforth tell you the
1: story about how he helped the, the, couple, the yeah. change a yeah. tire Changed in the middle the <laughs> oh, change I heard a
0: tire about that. The
1: of all <laughs> like my favorite is is Andrew Snope he was um, he was asleep in a ditch and a police officer came up and um and he he's had has long he had kind of long hair at yeah. the time he said we got to report that there's a dead woman in the ditch." <laughs> he's like i'm neither yeah. <laughs> you know I, i'm, I'm, I'm okay, okay. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> are you gonna do that race again or are, oh, you, yeah, are you i was done? i was you know that to me that race it's at this point yeah well, i want to do it again i but i want to be i i can't do it if i'm not 100 percent ready yeah. mentally and physically if that makes sense, I, I understand what you're saying.
2: How how different was it for you this year, crewing mm-hmm. Francesca?
1: That's got to be a completely different <sighs> yeah. ball game. I you're don't know you're
2: if, up a, you're up a lot of hours even crewing the yeah, race. I,
1: I don't know if y'all want to unpack that, but that was incredible. She did an incredible. Oh, it was, yeah, and I was in many respects, I was I was envious. I, I just had dinner with um, Francesca two nights ago, and her husband just to, we kind of just kind of reflect on yeah. it. I was envious because Bob Hearn was—I don't know if you followed that, but he made her push. But, you know, in the moment, you're just—you're seeing what she's going through. In the state her, right. her last 24 hours, I figured that was 99.2 miles. Bob Herms' last 24 hours at Ball State was 111. Now, they did have rain, in the but that's sure. still incredible that is very for incredible. your last 24 hours. That's incredible. Um, but I was – because, I, I mean, I, I battled Johan Steen for three years and John Cash, but we battled, you know, day one, day two, a little bit in day three. By the time the, I had the last 24 hours, I was able to kind of cruise in and not really have to push myself. But to watch Francesca, I mean – I. I was a nervous wreck. I couldn't I couldn't sleep. I think in the it took her 3 days and 12, 12 hours. It was incredible. 3, mm-hmm. three days, yeah. 10 hours. And um I think I slept maybe uh 3 hours yep. the whole time cuz I just I at first the first night I slept a little bit but after that I couldn't cuz I mean she was You you're trying to keep up with her what she needs, where she's going to oh, be. and, and the the last that stretch from South Pit to Sand Mountain oh. She was she was running in the middle of the road. She was speaking Italian. And Mark, oh, her why, husband, why? she I noticed that whenever he was crewing for her, she would spend more time at the car and just get the encouragement. And Bob was, was charging on her. And yeah. so I said, Look, I said, Mark, I said, why don't you go back, you keep track of Bob's miles and, and we can kind of see how far if he how much he's gaining. There is on her. strategy in that race, believe it
2: oh, or not. Of yeah. course.
1: Yeah. And and so but I mean I was I was oh it was frightening because that road is dangerous she's running on the middle of the road she thought she was running on the shoulder and I said Francesca said so you've got to run on got the white line and she looks a at the bit. yellow line and I'm like the other white line <laughs> and then the she starts the speaking left. Italian and I don't, like, I don't know I'm from Tennessee
2: I'm from Lebanon I don't,
0: I don't speak Italian <laughs> Oh, it was it was hey, your mom. Yeah. It was
3: tough. Yeah, Did, your write up on that was like I was in tears That was a good, that was a good that. report it, yeah, was, that. it pulled at the heartstrings. Yeah. But
0: sometimes you do need someone that you're someone you don't sleep with and someone you haven't seen naked, although most people have seen most of Greg anyway. We're all ninety nine percent there to kinda to kinda crew you though, because it, it creates a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. Because when you're when your spouse is there or your boyfriend who helps you clear Trails, it's a little different. Does he get does your boyfriend get mushy? Is he okay to
3: crew you or No, you he's just... good. He checks me. He can look at me okay. and say, Are are you gonna like get this together now? And are you done like playing around? You wanna go do work? Are you gonna get this together? Oh, so he, okay, off. okay. Yeah. And I think also from like my mentality and years of sports, I had really aggressive coaches and my mom was also very like I can take criticism, yeah. and I will like if you let me play around. I'm gonna play around.
0: Like <laughs> you're doing fireball at the eight Yeah, there.
3: but if you tell me, hey, like you have to cover you X amount move. of ground or you got to do this, I can go. Gotcha. And you can be rough. And you can be like, uh, yeah, you look like shit. So if you want to turn that around, that'd be great.
0: So you have that with your with your I boyfriend. Do. John's amazing, with that, you're amazing, John. John's <laughs> been here the whole time. Greg, is your wife? That way with you, or do you just prefer it? Probably oh, yeah. do you probably do it all solo,
1: or does she? No, she. To- you know, it, I I try to be minimalist on a crew. It, no, but except for the twenty four hour, that's yeah. where you because you, I mean every second counts there, and right. you got to be super dialed in. So, no, she's she's all about tough love. My first hundred Arkansas traveler. Yeah. You know, I collapsed. I had hypothermia at the end. It was ugly. I was in the medical tent. I'm laying there. I've been there. There's two other men. There's one man. We're all in the same we're both. All three getting IVs. One guy, his significant other, I don't know his wife or girlfriend, she's... Oh, she's crying. She's like, yeah. oh, honey, are you going to be okay? And just, just, you know, and the other one is looking over. She's like, you stupid idiot. Like, <laughs> Look what you did to yourself. And, you know, we're, we're all just laying there. And uh, my wife wasn't wasn't with me on that one. And the, the nurse, she's like, what, what, how would your wife respond? She'd be calling me an idiot. Right, you know? <laughs> right. I remember I was at Michigan Bluff. The Western States crewing
0: a friend of mine years ago and a professional runner, I won't say who, pulls into an aid station looking like absolute garbage like they had just had a really rough time at this race and another runner's wife that he must have known, they must be friends or whatever, came up and said you are a professional fucking runner. Get off the chair and get running. Go. You get paid to run. You will feel better in 10 miles. You need to move now. And I'm like that's Damn. not even his wife. Yeah. <laughs> that woman needs to be like for hire.
3: Yeah, that's I'd...
2: a pep talk. <laughs> that's a pep talk. So, Becca,
0: is there something... Here we are, we're dealing with Rona, and you know races are being canceled left and right. Jeff had a great race that he wanted to do called the Plane 100, Plane 100 that 100. was canceled. It mm-hmm. just got canceled. Um, uh. When it all goes back to normal, and we're all running again, and we're hugging again, and aid stations, you know, you don't have to worry about you know, whose hands were in the, the Vaseline tub, but what, what do you want to do? What is your big goal in ultra running? When things go back to normal,
3: uh, Bigfoot 200. I want to go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the goal is redemption. Is yeah. I mean, I was okay with my 131 miles and a torn tendon for yeah. 50 of it. I'm all right with that, but I, I want that buckle. I have the spot in the grass picked out where I want to sit when it's done. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Cruel Jewel. I have some times at Cruel Jewel and some stuff I really want to do there. Those are my two big things.
0: When you have a situation where it doesn't go your way, mm-hmm. I think there's two ways you can go with it. Like, da- da- da, and you can kind of, but it seems like you're, you've, you've, you're analyzing what could you do differently and how could you change, yeah. change the results?
3: Always that. And grateful for the experience, you know, regardless how it shakes out, there's lessons to be learned and there's confidence to be, found right. in every experience in, you know, you learn mental fortitude and you learn yeah, what food doesn't work or shoes or, and you come up with different ways to problem solve. You know, you can be down, you can have your little pity party, but it doesn't serve you in any way, shape or form. Right. Um, you were blessed to have that experience. You were blessed to toe the line. Okay, go do better next time or you know, I always try to have the best time. John always tells me, it's like you're running for governor when you're out there. You're on the campaign trail. You're just, you're talking, you're happy. And that's always my goal, regardless of how bad anything goes. Like, yeah. rhinestone went really bad when I got hypothermic, and I was having an amazing race yeah. until I wasn't. And that was one that did shake me a little bit. I ended up with AFib afterwards from how bad hypothermia or how badly hypothermic I got. Hypothermia
2: is no joke.
3: It's not. And um, I was a little upset because, you know, you have those races or those runs where everything just comes together. It's beautiful. You're like, all this training is paid off. And it just comes easy. Something hard is just, it's a breeze. It's nothing. And I was having that race until that. And I was like, yeah, God. But a lot of that helped light that fire of, you can have a race come together. It doesn't have to, like, all fall apart. And you put it back together multiple times. So that was really nice. But you know it's i think it just it helps build your character mm-hmm. i don't know learn to be positive about really bad things happening
0: and i think too it, it it's you're never you've never been one that's afraid to try something that maybe is way outside your comfort zone yeah. and I, that you're not afraid to fail either dnf is not the, the end of the world it's you learn from it and you
3: yeah and i don't ever use the word fail i hate that word that's like the worst f word on the planet i think
2: it's it just didn't go It didn't go your way. Yeah, it didn't go your way, and that's the thing.
3: Not not everything's going to go your way, and I think in today they usually don't. (laughs) Yeah, well, in today's society, we're used to everything going our. We can pick and choose what we want to see on our Facebook feed, on our Instagram feeds. When you want to watch this, everything's me, me, me. I want this, this, and that. Well, that's not the way it goes out there. And you know, you gotta learn to deal with it. Put your big girl panties and go on. You know, and try something different. What are you gonna do? and not go your way. Okay, great. You learned something and you did something that other people were scared to do. Like I signed up for Bigfoot before I'd ever run a hundred mile distance. That was the first time I ran a hundred miles. Yeah. I'd never ran more than 60, but I knew if I set my mind to it and visualized it and worked for it, I could do it. I haven't yet. But... It's things like that. Like, you live once. Why not? You never know who's watching, who you can inspire, and who you're going to meet, and the friendships you're going to make. Right. You deprive yourself of a journey and an experience when you say no.
0: That's really Im- incredible. Well, and I... Go ahead, Jeff. Greg, you've done
2: Barclay. What, what aspirations do you have maybe beyond that? Or is there a race mm-hmm. you want to do that's, that's a challenge? Well, you know... I, that you've not done yet. yeah.
1: I, I feel I feel like I've maybe been, an overseas race right I've, I feel like I've been blessed beyond measure I mean I don't I, I never anticipated some of the I, I will say that the 24 hour that dominated my mental I mean that was my goal for I'd say four or five years sure. trying to make that U.S. team and um and and I'm, I'm not that I lost myself in that but it was a means to an end you know and and I'm I, I I kind of lost a little bit of that joy of running. Now it was incredible to, you know, have a ten week va- vacation with your family in Italy and then right. finish that with a world championship. <laughs> right. I mean, that's right. that's a that's a pretty good end, right? Right. right. Um, and my daughters were like, "Come on, Dad, you know that's great. Yeah. Let's go to Italy." But um, for me, that twenty four hour, it got to where I was just if I didn't PR or if I didn't make the team, it felt like it was a failure and there was no and the only the the glimmer in those years was vol state i found myself when i when i made the u.s team in 2015 uh i they declared the team in january the race was in late april early may and i was running vol state for the second year i was thinking more about vol state than i was you know and and so um i am kind of i think i've kind of put that behind me i don't know if i want to because for me i was the sixth man on the team i mean it's a i had to run nine 24-hour races to make the team in 2014 it's not it did not come easy for me at all right right and then you know this last year i'm um, a nick um curry and that desert solstice race about 200 feet I made the team by 200 feet. Just, you know, it came oh, down to, that was an incredible race. I mean, he was, he ran a negative split, started clipping off seven minute miles in a 24 hour race. I was still doing nine minute miles. I'm like, who, who's going to lose a 24 hour race. If you're able to maintain a nine, nine minute mile, nine thirty mile at 23 hours, right. but he was gaining on me. And it, I mean, it came down to that last anyhow. So what are my aspirin? I'd like to try Barkley, um, you know, also know that I'm approaching the end of my competitive years. No, you're not. Well, no, I mean, you're, no, you're well, not. Approaching, approaching. You know, you know what I'm saying. I mean, there's. No, I don't know what you're saying, you're saying. Greg, because yeah, I've
3: never been at your level. <laughs> well, Can't really <laughs> relate.
1: Yeah, but regardless of
2: of, of years of where, and where you think you're at, right? Um, there are some races you
1: still want to do, sure. right? Maybe even knowing, okay, I'm I'm, I'm not going to. Honestly, in I'm more into the you know the i guess some of the fkts the only thing left on my bucket list that i dreamed up probably 10 years ago and for a while it was a pipe dream was a thousand kilometers across the tennessee i mean i'm yeah you started that i did and i I, and that's why i almost backed out of mid-state mile because i did the quarantine um backyard on the treadmill back in april um, felt okay about that. And then I, I attempted that, you know, I'm a school teacher, so I was doing distance learning. I was just going to zoom with my students while yeah. I was on the road in Tennessee. Um, so I attempted the thousand K and it did not go well. Can
0: you imagine, by the way, having a class with your
1: teacher <laughs> who's on the side of the road, like,
0: okay, guys, what's really important is, yeah, you
1: know, right. so I guess to answer your question, that's, I'd like to give Barkley a, a really good go right. one time. I, I, I don't quote me on this, but. I, if I feel like I if feel like I'd really tapped into my race, I'd probably just do it once and then give somebody else that spot because there's so many people that want that spot. Yeah, I I feel a little, you know. <laughs> I mean, I I feel a little, it, you know, if that makes sense. No, I I, I get you. Now, if I, if I if I if I have a fun run and something goes wrong and I feel like, hey, I I think I'd come back and finish this thing, then yeah, I would do it again. But if I if I lay it all out there and I know what my limits are and it's, you know, it is what it is. That's, I'll, yeah, I'll, that's I'll, I'll, that's my ultimate race as well. Yeah. Well, you show up with cane poles and
0: $30 shoes you got from the used shoe depot. <laughs> that's got to be, you're, I would love for you to show up to Barkley in your deer shirt with your, like, so people would be like, Oh my God, you be, you know, your tennis, that is the most Tennessee thing you could do. Well, I think
1: I, I might do that. So the year
2: you did, <laughs> did go to Barkley, what did you fuel with them? Were you using corn syrup? Oh, was, oh, that was,
1: that was, a, or was it whatever you could get your hands that on? That was a calculated error. I mean, I, I went into that. I was, I do intermittent fasting. So I feel like I've kind of trained my body to be a little sure. ketogenic and oh, I, 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 I did not anticipate that first lap taking 13 hours. I thought, and I had been on the course. I had my own map, and it was super close. I was, you know, ten, eleven hours. Uh, so I took, I did, and even then, I didn't take enough fuel for that. Oh, I was, I was a. You go through some serious calories there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'd calories. made my own little concoction of, of almond butter and olive oil and. Whatever, but it it, sounds disgusting. Yeah, yeah it does.
2: <laughs> it does. I think that's where I first met Greg was when yeah. uh, we were. I was training with an unnamed person out there, yeah. and uh, ran into Greg
0: and Maggie and uh, Amelia at that yeah. particular. Year. That's right. Good stuff. Best of luck to you. Um, and I, I would love for you to go and do Barkley because if you, if you do it and do it really well. I mean, you got all Tennessee behind you. Yeah. You know, you'd be like, that's... It's finally a Tennessee... Well, John Kelly's a, T- a Tennessean right, grow, right. growing up right outside of there, but it'd be great he's to see fake. it He's
2: gone to England. Though.
3: Yeah, he's, he's yeah. on the other side of the exactly. pond.
0: He's still here. <laughs> Greg Armstrong is still a Tennessean, <laughs> for crying out loud. Becca, best of luck on this, on this uh, Tennessee right. mile. Thank you. Sounds interesting. Um, it, it's got to be interesting, too, because... You know, with Corona, Mm -hmm. the the, the date of the race is it opens up August 8th, but the date of the race is going to be
3: December 5th.
0: Okay, December 5th. Yeah.
3: And hopefully we can find a way to make it work. Like we had a couple friends that got married so that we could end up having mid state. There was like a whole thing around that with the governor's executive orders on how many people you could have gather. Yeah. Oh, so
0: wait a minute. So you had to.
3: It was a wedding reception. Oh, what? <laughs> the okay. race was a okay. wedding reception. I was going to wrap this up. But we got to so
0: someone got married so you could count the mid-state mile that Greg uses cane poles to stumble through the yeah. last couple laps so
3: you could pass it off as a wedding reception? Yeah, there was a executive order 38 or something like that, where you had no limit on how many people you could have gathered for a wedding or reception or funeral or anything like that. And uh, me and a couple of friends were headed up to Frozen Head to get some miles. And one of our friends that I run with is a photographer, and he had mentioned that he shot a wedding. And yeah, he's like, there's no limit on how many people you can have gathered. You just print off the executive order. Whatever. If the cops show up, it's allowed. We're having a yeah. wedding. So... Uh, Actually our buddy Keith and Amy, they were gonna get married anyways. Right. So they were engaged and I said, I just gotta we gotta figure out something we could do or call it that and he goes, Hey, well, you know, heck, we were gonna get married anyways, so if it helps your race out. He said, We'll get married. We were gonna go to the courthouse. We'll do it right in your place. Yeah. And he said, so we'll get married, and, uh, you know, if she's down with that, we'll uh, we'll call the race to reception. It's great. That is a friend. <laughs> awesome. So <laughs> in the last, like, race email I sent out, I was like, hey, also, surprise, this is a wedding reception. So at the race, FYI. we have, like, little bow ties and stuff for yeah. all of our friends. And Should you so have to be Grimmsman. asked? Yeah, you're we, here for a wedding. Oh, we put out signs. Congratulations, Keith and Amy. We decorated the tent, had a whole I wedding. I can see some show of showing up ACK? going, no. <laughs> (laughs) I I thought this
2: was a rape.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it was. uh, That's funny. That was how we kind of got around that.
0: Well, Greg, you need to make a, a tuxedo out of a deer you find on the side of the road. i that, I'll do that yeah. <laughs> for, for this next one. Uh, you need to find some basically to get married for yeah, the we'll, Tennessee Mile.
3: Yeah, we'll figure it out. anybody need to work. get married,
0: you need to call in a leave a semester, yeah, let, let got us a message. we got know. a venue. Right, right. <laughs> we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll connect you with Becca. We'll all make it work. Nothing like skirting rules, mm-hmm. you know. It, you know that's the most Tennessee thing you could do. That's the most backwoods Tennessee <laughs> thing you could do.
3: Got to right be tactical. There.
0: That's right. That's right. That's right thank you for coming in, Becca. It was great meeting <laughs> you, you. And having you in. Greg, always fun to chat with you. we got to do this again. Sure. Because you're not too far away. Thanks. And Jeff, thanks again for letting us uh, yeah, hang no out problem. in your house. No problem. You want to go talk some bird calls and, and home improvement after this? I'm going to go work on marble countertops. He's working on his countertops. <laughs> have you seen his countertops? No, I haven't. Okay, you're going to see him when we're all done. Thanks, everybody, for listening to The Adventure Jogger.